So we're going to just look through this with this idea of full of it. Full of it. You've heard that expression? You're full of it. Um, it's a bit of a naughty one. Uh, be careful with it. But full of it. Can you turn to your neighbour and say, you're full of it? You're full of it. We're going to talk about this. So here we go. Though. A quick question for you. Have a quick chat with your family, friends and neighbours. What do these have in common? Have a little chat together. Have a little chat together. What do these have in common? What's the common theme that they have? Have a little chat together. Okay. Okay, any ideas? Any ideas? Any ideas? What do they have in common? What do they have in common? Um, What do they have in common? So, shh, shh. They're strange to look at. That is true. It's not the correct answer in this case, but uh, it's a good thing. Uh, Jonna, they're poisonous. Jonna, do you want to tell me why you're right? Can you identify any of these species? I'm coming around applause for Jonna, by the way. Any of these things? Which ones? Uh, no, no, no pressure. How, what gave you the clue? The, yeah, this is a poison arrow frog. A blue-ringed octopus. Uh, this is an opium poppy. Uh, if you squeeze it, you can get some stuff that turns into some really bad stuff. Don't do that. Um, this is fly amanata uh, toadstools, which are very poisonous, beautiful to look at. Fugu pufferfish. And this is a cone snail. Cone snail, which is one of the most sort of dangerous things to pick up. The idea being that they look good on the outside, but on the inside... Not so much. You could say they're full of it. Full of poison, full of death, uh, full of something else. And we're going to think about that with God's people. Just really quickly, as we look through this passage, um, we're going to look at the idea of what the people were full of. What were they full of? We're going to look at what God says they were full of. And then we're going to think about what God's kingdom's full of. That's where we're going to go today, really briefly. Uh, But just to help you, a bit of background, we think this uh, passage is after God's people have come back from being captured by the Babylonians. They've come back. And it's like a time in their history where it's really hard and kind of culture's hard and it's pressing in on them and there are some tough times going on, okay? And that's why people are sort of going, we've prayed and we've fasted, okay? That's what we thought of think. But here we go, really quickly. First question for today. What are the people full of? What are the people full of? Have a little chat together just really briefly. Isaiah 58, this is verses 1 to the first half of verse 3. Okay, what are the people full of? You might need to help your kids as you think it through, though. But get everyone involved really quickly. Uh, We chat together here, partly because it's a good way of us learning how to talk about faith ourselves. We do it interactively because that's how Jesus did it. We do it by questions because that's how Jesus did it as a rabbi, as a teacher. Um, It's not just a gimmick. So have a little chat together. What are the people full of? What does it look like they're full of? Um, And for kids who go, what do you mean full of? What's their attitude like? What's their kind of... Stay, have a little chat. What do we think? What do we think? Okay, let's chat together. What do we think? What are the people full of? What are they full of? What are they full of? At the back, what do you reckon? Shout it nice and loud. They're full of wickedness. And yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. Yeah, absolutely are. Yeah. What else are they full of? Arrogance. What do you mean by arrogance? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, God, look how humble I am. It's a really bizarre way. I'm the most humble person I know. No one is as humble as me. Uh, it doesn't work, yeah? Some of you are going, no, you're not. Uh, you're absolutely right, I'm not. Uh, yeah, what else are they full of? Thanks, very good. Full of, full of themselves. It's all about me. 
You've not listened to us and we've prayed, we've fasted, God. We're doing our bit of the deal. What about your bit of the deal, God? Like, we're doing it, God. You owe us, God. Yeah, helpful, yeah? At the back, anyone else? Yeah, Joseph, nice and loud. Yeah, yeah, so it says, you seem eager to know my ways. It's a really powerful bit, isn't it? You know, they seek me out, they seem eager. It's like the outside appearance, yeah? I don't know about you, the minute I start reading this passage, it says at the beginning, do a trumpet call, yeah? Like, if you read it, it says, raise up the shout like a, like a trumpet. This is one of those ones where it hits me hard. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm so grateful for Jesus at this point. Because this is what I'm like. Appearances, God, you owe me. God, where were you? Sometimes can seem like a really valid question, but it's hard. In this case, in this part of history before Jesus, where the people had sacrifices to make and ways to come to the temple... It puts him in a really difficult position, right? Let's have a look at what next, though. Here we go. What does God say the people are full of? This is the next question, ready? Uh, what does God say the people are full of? This is the second half of three, uh, two to five. Once again, have a little chat. You're doing really well. Those are really good answers. Keep going. Second half. What does God say the people are full of? Okay, what does God say the people are full of? What does God say the people are full of? Yeah, deep. Strife. Hypocrisy, the, the idea of pretending to be something they're not, putting a mask on, looking the part, but, but not doing anything with it yet anymore. Fighting. Yeah, animal. Yeah. yeah. God's like, on the days of fasting, where you're like, God, listen to us, look at me fast. You're like oppressing your workers, fighting and quarreling. This, they, don't, they don't get it. And, and here's one challenge, right? And I want to make this careful. We don't earn... God answering our prayers, right? We don't earn it. You don't have to be good to get God to answer your prayers. I think some people grow up with this idea, if I'm good and I do this, this, and this, God will answer my prayer. That's not how it works. We're a grace-based faith. But in this case, where God had given them everything they needed for faith and righteousness, and they were doing nothing, no wonder it looked like prayers weren't being answered. Where they, they could have loved the outcast and the orphan, they could have answered their prayers, could have set up the kingdom, but they weren't listening to God at all. And we want to be slightly challenged by that. God says that they're, they're full of... Religion, turning up for services, praying, all that stuff, but they're not full of faith. Does that make sense? They're not full of him. And often I look at my own life and I look at the church in the world and I think this is a message for today. A a quick example. Um, I've got an orange here. Smells much better than dog food for those of you who were here last week. Uh, What would come out of an orange if I squeeze it? What specifically? Okay. If I wanted to make apple juice out of this, could I squeeze it really hard to make it apple juice? No. If I wanted to make some pineapple juice, could I squeeze it gently to get pineapple juice out? Okay. No, it's just orange juice, yeah? When squeezed, it reveals what's inside. And I guess my challenge to you, this question here, uh, John, if we can just put it up for me, the question is, uh, just quickly for you, God's people were squeezed and what was coming out was strife and fighting and hypocrisy. What comes out of you when you're squeezed? When you're busy, when you're unhappy, when you're stressed, when times are good, because times that are good can squeeze us, what comes out of you? Because often it can be the test of what your heart is at that moment. Uh, Does that make sense? Like God's people here are squeezed, and on the outside it looks sweet, but on the inside when they're squeezed, not so much. 
Um, I don't like orange juice. I have to be very careful with it because I've said this story once before in church. When I was a teenager, I went to my fridge and with this lovely carton of orange juice, Tropicana orange juice that was in my fridge door. And I love Tropicana orange juice. And I gulped it from the carton, as I still do. And I thought to myself, oh, that's weird. Mum normally buys smooth orange juice with no bits. And yet this orange juice tastes like it has bits in it. And I realised they were not bits. They were orange juice that had been in the fridge for about three months. (laughs) On the outside it looked sweet, but on the inside it was not sweet. And God cares about the inside. He cares about the inside because of this. People who think by turning up to church and by praying, I've earned my way to God, is the most dangerous place to be. God says, my standard's perfection, my gift to you is forgiveness, and the only way to the Father is through the Son. And then the Spirit comes and transforms you into the likeness of Jesus. And the evidence of faith is what you do with it. It would be a bit like someone swimming in a riptide and God not saying that's a dangerous place to swim. That's why he cares about what's on the inside. Um, does that make sense? Like he, that's, he cares. He cares about you. He, he wants you to know that relationship is what he's after, not religion. So let's have a really quick look. What does God say? Next one, John. Here we go. Uh, what does God say his kingdom should and will be full of? This is your last question. And I want you just to read the passage. I'm not going to add anything to it. This passage is one of my favorite bits. Right? Just read. What does God say his kingdom will be full of? Have a little look. Verses 6 to 8. Really quickly. This is the last question for today. Verses 6 to 8. Have a little chat. What does God say his kingdom will be full of? Can I just say this? It sounds good, doesn't it? I'm just going to read. I'm not going to try and add to it. This is one of those passages where you could do a good job at, at taking it. It says this. God says, is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? Here's what God's looking for. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. That's the thing that forces people into kind of a life of labor and work and, and struggle and just feeling burdened. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? To provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them? And not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. In a world that can seem bleak and dark, this next line hit me like between the eyes this week. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. It's no surprise that when Jesus came, Jesus untied the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, fed the hungry. It's no surprise that the early church did that and were told to do that because it was a sign of the kingdom. Like, and if you need any more motivation, because it can be hard in this world that tells us to look after ourselves, listen to this, ready? Just verse, verse 9. For people that said, why don't you answer us, God? Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called a repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwelling. In our culture today, we're going to have two choices. More austerity, more cuts, more blaming of the poor, more blaming the outcast, blaming the refugee. That's the way often humanity does it. Or this. 
And I guess we're preaching the kingdom of God. And that's not to bash any political party particularly, because we're all about it in all the world. But this is the way of righteousness. This is the way where the light comes. And this is why we need the church to stand up and be bold. Especially now. And to take a lead in feeding and clothing and saying this is where the light comes. Does that make sense? Don't be dragged down into, the way we're out of this is just to retreat into our little castles. It's not the way. We feed and we clothe and we set free. Not us, but God. And we do it in his strength. That makes sense? What are you full of? I'm full of hope. Because Jesus came and did this. He'll come and do this again. And he's empowered us as a church to go and do this now. And that's the exciting bit.